It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the 2020 season rages on, the Locked On Reds podcast will be here each and every day to detail each win, each loss, and every transaction as the Reds look to move toward a playoff berth. My name is Jeff Carr. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Failure isn't fatal, but failure to change might be. Those words were uttered by the great John Wooden. And yeah, I know this is a baseball podcast and I just quoted a basketball coach, but it applies to the Cincinnati Reds. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast for today's episode. Boy, we've got a lot to unpack from last night's loss. The Reds lost again to the Milwaukee Brewers. And in the most bizarre of ways, I'm going to break down to you the absolute key play that changed the complexion of the game and eventually it it, it was the nail in the coffin for the Reds for the rest of the game also going to get to some lockdown Reds line stuff stuff from Twitter as well we're going to change the name of that segment by the way to get to all of that there in just a minute but before we do make sure that you are subscribed on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. And yeah, it, make sure you got the Locked On Reds line saved into your phone at 513 549 0159. So, Tuesday night, the Reds have a nice inning. They have a nice fourth inning, top of the fourth, where Nicholas Castellanos reaches. On a hit-by-pitch with one out. This is after Joey Votto struck out for the second of his four times last night. Not a great night for our man, Joey. But Nicholas Castellanos on first. Eugenio Suarez with a half swing. Jim Day called it an excuse-me swing. But if you watch the replay, it really looked as if Eugenio Suarez meant to kind of place the ball. They had the overshift on him with three infielders on the second or on the left side of the second base bag. So they were overloaded for any kind of pool hit that Suarez was going to hit. So he kind of did a half swing and just poked it through the hole in the shift. And because of that hit Castellanos and the fact that Jesse Winker had flied out right after Castellanos made it to first. So there was two outs. Castellanos went first to third. So then he got first to third with two outs and Mike Moustakis delivers an RBI single into center field, an amazing little bit of events. That was the first time that the Reds had scored off of something other than a home run in nigh on 46 innings. I mean, absolutely insane the way this team has played up to this point. And so we're feeling good. We're feeling good about a 2 nothing lead. And then the bottom of the fourth happens, and the Brewers score three runs. You're like, okay, well, that's just the way things go. 
you're not really supposed to expect to win a professional baseball game by only scoring two runs. That's just not how it's going to go. I mean, Castillo, he's a great pitcher, but we're not going to sit here and expect him to pitch a shutout. Plus, he had a couple of really unlucky defensive plays happen to him. Some things that, had they gone the right way, we wouldn't have been talking about a Reds loss, I don't believe. So then comes the top of the fifth. The Reds load the bases with nobody out. And you're thinking, boy, oh boy, this is the turnaround they need. This is the chance that the Reds have to blow the doors off this game, take the lead, and just get something going. Start a string of awesomeness. Then Joy Votto looks at strike three for his third strikeout of the game. Not, not, not a, we've mentioned this already. Not a good night for Joey Votto. Then Nicholas Castellanos comes up. First pitch loops a single into right field. And Freddie Galvis is thrown out on a force play at home plate. The man on third base, the man who led off the inning by getting on first with a single and then moved to third via a double by Mark Payton, gets thrown out at home plate on a force play. And if you watch the replay, you say, well, Jeff, here's the deal. He was holding up. There was only one out. He was holding up on third just in case the right fielder caught the ball. If you go back and you watch the replay, Mark Payton was halfway in between second and third. He was not going back to second to tag up. He didn't think it was that close of a play of a catch. Tucker Barnhart, who was on first base at the time, halfway in between first and second, didn't think it was going to be that close of a play for a catch. Freddie Galvis ran all the way back to third base and tagged third. Number one, where on earth is the third base coach in telling him, yo, 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 don't tag up, go home, run home. Number two, why is his idea of that hit so much different? Why does he not see his teammates halfway between the bases that he has to run all the way back? Because at that point, it was a shallow single. I mean, it wasn't, it was kind of in the middle of right field, right? It wasn't a deep single by any stretch of the imagination. And Ben Gamble makes a fantastic throw, one hop throw from right field to home plate to nail Freddie Galvis at home plate. But how on earth? earth do you get thrown out on a force play at home plate when Nicholas Castellanos loops a line drive into right field? I don't understand it. It is the microcosm of the 2020 Reds. How do you spend all this money and we're staring at a team that is on the brink of being just knocked out of this playoff race altogether? Not a team that's knocking on the door. Not a team that's fighting to stay in this. A team that is fighting just for their very lives for the 2020 season. I do not understand it. I don't know how Freddie Galvis got out on that play. And it goes back to the quote that I opened up with. Failure is not fatal. But failure to change might be. And we're going to hit on some of that here in this next segment with Jeff's junk mail coming up in just a few moments. <laughs> I I do not blame my wife Hannah. We were playing a card game whenever the situation with Freddie Galvis actually happened, and I I was not happy. I kind of let my emotions show a little bit. I showed my anger, and she was like, "Yeah, I don't know if we can keep playing this game if you're going to be like this." 
don't blame her at all for saying that. I was not happy. But the the situation was just absolutely hilarious. So let's jump in. Got a brand new segment. Shout out to Scott Campbell at MTG Packfoils on Twitter. He said the segment should be called hashtag Jeff's junk mail. So we're definitely changing it to that. That sounds way better than locked on Red's line and stuff like that. So that's what we're rolling with here. Jeff's junk mail. And this is the first of such segments for Jeff's Junk Mail. Firstly, I want to start off with our buddy Jojo Jammer. He is a Reds fan out in the Philippines. And he had this to say. And Jojo, man, I feel for you here on this one. He tweeted, he said, The worst part about listening to a Reds game at you know 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. here in the Philippines is the frustration you have to live with the remainder of the day and the night but here I am. Jojo, I feel for you, man. Because at least I get to do this at the end of the day. At least we all get to watch this at the end of the day. We've had a nice day up until this point, And then it's just the rest of the evening that's ruined for us. But for you, it's the whole entire day. I, I feel for you there on that. But it's just so frustrating to watch this team and to know that they should be so much better. And it kind of plays into our next question. This is on the Lockdown Reds line at 513-549-0159 from Chad in Lancaster. He says, all right, you are the Reds manager and you can make three extreme changes to shake up the lineup. What would you do? Maybe not just changes to the lineup. And, And this is where he gets into his example, he says, but to the team in general, my three changes would be bring up Jose Garcia and Tyler Stevenson and bench Joey Votto. I think that's definitely where the consensus is right now on changes that the Reds need to make, especially the Tyler Stevenson part, bringing him up and giving him a significant amount of playing time. When you look at the production that the Reds catchers have given the team over the course of the season, it's been pretty bad. And I think that there's, I think that Tyler Stevenson could be better. I th- obviously, he's talented. And I think that even right now, he could provide the Reds with a spark, something that they need. Now, as far as Jose Garcia goes, I'm not as certain. I know that we've seen Tyler Stevenson already a little bit, but Tyler Stevenson himself has played above high A. Jose Garcia has never played above high A ball. I mean, he did all right in spring training, but we're not going to sit here and compare spring training baseball to regular season baseball in the scenario that the Reds would need him to be productive in. At the same time, I definitely think that one of the extreme changes I would make if I were given the ability to do so would be to find a different shortstop. I've gotten to the point. I, I, I tried to defend Freddie Galvis. I tried to look at the positive. I tried to look at the different things that he brought to the table. But Dan Patrick made a statement. He was actually talking about some NBA players today on his normal radio show. But he, he was talking about some guys on the Philadelphia 76ers and how they fill up a stat sheet, but it really doesn't do anything for the team as a whole. I feel like if we look at the statistics of Freddie Galvis, they're not going to look so terrible. I mean, maybe the batting average is going to be a little bit lower than we like, but he's going to have the power numbers. He's going to have the slugging numbers. But does it matter? Does it affect the team in a positive way? 
Because we haven't seen it here lately, and in fact, we've seen the opposite. We've seen the actions that he has, and how they have negatively affected, how they have absolutely increased the chances of the Reds losing, rather than increasing the chances of the Reds winning. Multiple errors, now a base running mistake that just looks so egregious that I can't even wrap my head around it. I mean, they even talked about it on the broadcast that Sam LeCure and Chris Welsh both basically, in so many words, said, yeah, I got nothing on this, man. I just watched what happened, and I got, I got nothing. How, how do you explain that? I think you change the shortstop position. And Jose Garcia is your in-house replacement. Maybe a look at Alfredo Rodriguez, but that was something that Doug Gray told us. Later on last season, he was talking about Alfredo Rodriguez and how his high batting average was a little bit of a misleading statistic in that his slugging percentage was basically the same as his batting average, so you're not going to get a whole lot of hitting from Alfredo Rodriguez. I don't know that you're looking at him. So you're either looking at Jose Garcia or you're looking and going to make a trade. Maybe you reach out. Maybe you make that big deal for Francisco Lindor. I don't know. The Indians are a bit of a competitive team right now, so probably not him. Or you could look over at Los Angeles, and I know I mentioned this name a couple of days ago, but Andrelton Simmons. He could be an interesting candidate in that his contract expires at the end of this season. I don't know what he would cost, but he's somebody that the Reds could look at. That's an area where they need change. Catcher, shortstop, and then as far as benching Joey Votto is concerned, I don't know that you can bench him. You can certainly move him down in the lineup. A lot of people have said that they don't know that his mind is in this. They don't know that he's fully committed to this season based on what they've seen on television, based on how they've watched him play. I don't know that I'm there yet. I don't know that I'm ready to make an assertion as to his mental involvement and his emotional state. I'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that, so I couldn't tell you one way or the other there, but definitely move him in the lineup. I think the third extreme change I would make, and this isn't necessarily something that people are talking about right now, but move Wade Miley to the bullpen. The Reds have already punted on Brooks Raley and Cody Reed, leaving Amer Garrett as the only lefty in this bullpen. Now, they did just bring up Jesse Biddle because they put Anthony DiSclefani on the paternity list, but at the same time, I don't think the Reds are really counting on much from Jesse Biddle. We'll see exactly what happens there. But put Wade Miley in the bullpen as a left-handed option and put Tyler Malley in the starting rotation, period. Permanently, that's what we're doing. I think that is the way to go moving forward. So the three changes, just to recap, Tyler Stevenson brought up and given regular playing time. Some kind of change at shortstop, whether it be Jose Garcia or going out and bringing in a you know Mr. Outside higher. And then number three, you move Wade Miley to the bullpen and put Tyler Malley into the rotation. But that also kind of harkens back to the quote that I opened this podcast with, the John Wooden quote saying, failure is not fatal, but failure to change just might be fatal. The Reds need to look at this and say, how can we change? How can we fix this? How can we get better? Because what they're doing right now is not helping. They've had the same lineup, or at least the same general construction of the lineup now for a few days, pretty much ever since the forced break because of the COVID-19 test. 
and they're waiting on Nixon Zell to get back, but one guy doesn't make an entire lineup. We talked about that with Moose. Now that he's back, we're talking about that with Senzel. It's going to be a theme throughout the year. There's going to be guys missing, whether it be from COVID or injury. You cannot count on your absolute starting nine to be there every single day. So you've got to be able to adapt. You've got to be able to mold the lineup to what you have. And what you have right now, I'm not going to make a determination on Joey Votto's commitment to the game of baseball in 2020 at this moment, but I will tell you this, he's not suited for the leadoff spot. I've not seen anything out of him to say, boy, you need to have him leading off every single game. I think that was kind of a roll of the dice on David Bell's part to see if he could get somebody in that leadoff spot who would get on base with some consistency. And while I say that, I I am not exactly sure as to who you install as the leadoff guy. Maybe you look at Jesse Winker as your leadoff guy again. Maybe you just kind of roll with Shogo. I don't know. But it's not Joey. And they got to make a change. They've got to make a change with Freddie Galvis. They've got to make a change with the catcher position. They've got to make a change with the leadoff position. They've got to find the winning formula. They've got to present some sense of urgency. And what did we hear leading up to the 2020 season? That in a 60-game season, everything is about having a sense of urgency. Where is it? Where do we see it? Where do we see the Reds making big changes? They continue to roll out the same guys who have done the same nothing for now 28 games. If they do not adapt, this season will be over very, very quickly because it is fading fast. And the last question that we'll end on is the question that every Reds fan, or at least most of the Reds fan base, has on their mind. And this comes from at... Holland MCC 2. How can you let Bell continue to be employed to allow a losing mentality continue to drag this franchise down? That is the question. What will the Reds' leadership do in this instance? Will they continue to basically let David Bell be the manager for the rest of the season? I don't necessarily know that firing the manager right off the bat will equal more wins because you're going to bring in a guy that still is analytically minded. You're still going to bring in a guy that looks at the numbers, looks at the statistics, looks at the science behind everything going on and say, this is what we're going to roll with. Now, maybe you can find a guy who doesn't tinker so much mid-game. Maybe you can find that sort of a manager out there. I'm not exactly sure. But when it comes to Major League Baseball, when it comes to professional baseball, heck, in most cases, when it comes to professional sports, I am not necessarily of the mind that a manager or the head coach, but in the case of baseball, the manager equals wins. It is talented players. And that is where the Reds need. They need these guys to turn around and start playing to the back of their baseball card. They, these guys are not bad, but they certainly aren't playing good. And I don't know what they need to do to get closer to the back of their baseball card, but they better do it tonight. They better do it quick. Because if they don't, 
we're going to be talking. We're going to be looking forward to 2021 here real quickly. And, and real quick before we end as well, there, there was a note. Uh, the, the Reds canceled Reds Fest for 2020. It was supposed to be December 4th and 5th. Uh, for 2020 at the Duke Energy Convention Center. They have officially canceled that as of today, saying that due to the restrictions that have been placed on large gatherings, they feel that they cannot put together the kind of event that Reds fans have come to expect from them, so they're just not going to have it. I respect that decision. I I can get behind that. I kind of saw that coming. Still kind of bums me out. All in all, kind of a bummer of a day to be a Reds fan. Hopefully today will be better. Thanks for listening with me here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed. Hopefully we'll be having some good stuff to talk about here soon. You're not going to want to miss that. All in all, I just love talking baseball, so you're not going to want to miss that either. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. But that'll do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play Locked On Major League Baseball, and I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.